part-time fanboy. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear okay. me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. Awesome. Great. Sound does not I sound okay? Yeah, you sound perfect. Looking good okay. too, man. Uh, <laughs> nice. nice to see you. Oh, hold on. Hold on a second. Let me uh, let me close the door here. Uh, sure, sure, absolutely. So you don't hear my kids. Yeah, you're catching me at a crazy time. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, if you needed yeah. to reschedule or something, we could totally do that. No, if we reschedule it, there's no way we're <laughs> gonna talk. I totally because I'm I'm actually booked until like literally beginning to right now in this moment. I'm booked solid for two like about two months. Oh wow! Are we talking like yeah. media stuff, like interview stuff, or media? It's just like packed right now. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, thanks for taking I'm, I'm the time. To... Yeah, yeah. No worries. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate. Um, it. Yeah, I just I didn't realize it was going to cascade like it has. Um, I'm just getting notifications like every hour now. Oh um, wow! From Scholastic because we're because we're about ready to get going here. Wow. Um, on the tour. That's awesome. And. Um, and I'm also trying to finish up some projects and stuff that I've been trying to work on. So sure. And uh, also just making sure the family and everything is okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Things are good here before I get on the road. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. So you're going to just like run around and be touring the country, or like, I mean, I know you're coming to L.A. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, L.A., San Francisco, Seattle, um, uh, several spots in the Bay Area. Lot, lots, lots in the Bay. Uh, uh -huh. New York, Chicago, Denver, Arizona, um, you know, just around Texas. Wow. And um, let's see, uh, our, and later on, be in Arkansas and Boston and Korea. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Wow, look at you. Yeah. You're like a you're like a fancy guy. You're like a jet setter. Like what's going on? Holy cow. Uh, oh, that's that. Oh, yeah. I guess how long has it been since we talked? It has, I mean, been, this has been eight years. It has literally oh been goodness. eight years since we chatted. Oh, wow. Can you believe yeah, it? You know, I made room for you because I made room for you. I, I, you know, I feel like I owe you a lot. Why? You know, you you you, you were such a huge supporter of Daisy Cutter back in the day. And that was uh, it meant a lot. Oh. You know, I didn't have, I didn't have like, uh, I don't, I didn't, I didn't have any contacts uh -huh, <laughs> in the uh, uh -huh. comics industry, you know, but you know, you and the Viper guys and I don't know, it was a, uh, it was a good time. I remember, I remember those days. Oh, that's so. awesome. Well, I appreciate, I, I appreciate being appreciated. Like I, I just have always really <laughs> loved your work. And so I'm just happy to have you on and chatting with you. And I can't believe it's been like eight years, like eight years since we chatted. Uh-huh. So I'm so happy to reconnect with you. Yeah, no, cool. this is great. That's great. That's great. Well, let's just start the interview so I don't have to keep you from your family any longer. Oh yeah. Okay. So sound <laughs> is good. So everything's everything's working here. Huh? Oh yeah, we're all good. We sound right. good. Everything's recording. It seems like so. Okay. Yeah. Let's just start off by saying this is the Part Time Fanboy Podcast. My name is Christian Horn, and you know, like a huge special guest coming back onto the podcast. We have uh, Kazu. I'm gonna massacre your last name again. Kibuishi, no, right? Good. 
No, he didn't even massacre it at all. No, he, I he got it. Right. <laughs> I nailed it. I'm terrible with last names. I'm just terrible uh -huh. with them. But Kazu Kibuishi, got it. Nice. And you're here because Amulet is coming back, right? Yeah, uh, it's coming to an end. Yeah, right? coming to an end. Book. And it's volume nine, right? It is the volume ninth volume. Yes. Wow. Just like Bone. Yeah. I wanted to end it uh, at nine books. Oh, was that was that on purpose to that you wanted to go? It as, was on like, purpose. It was. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's great. I mean, well, I never really intended Amulet to go that long, so I, 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 I wanted to give myself a chance to, to work on another series, while I'm still functioning, a functioning human being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, because that's the thing is like, I mean, I came across, I haven't been, I'm not on social media a lot these days. It drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of tend to avoid it. I'm not on Twix anymore and all, all that stuff. I mean, like, like I've said on this podcast before, I'm still kind of like on Facebook a little bit and on Instagram and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But I, I just happened to see your post that the new volume was coming out and I was like, holy shit. Like, I was like, this is a big deal. Like, you know, I was like, I got to see if he, he'll come on. And, you know, thankfully enough, like I contacted you and you were like, yeah, let's do it. So I'm, I'm just happy to have you here because as far as I'm concerned, you're like, you're a big shot. I mean, uh, I mean, seriously, you're going to be traveling and all that stuff. And this book is like a, uh, number one, New York times bestseller. I mean, you know, and uh, we've met in person like years ago at like charity events and stuff like that and hung out. Mm -hmm. um, now you're not local in L.A., so we haven't seen each other. We haven't even talked to each other in eight years. Like, I don't even know how that happened. But, uh, <laughs> you know, congrats on the book. I mean, it seems like the the last volume, I can't believe it, uh, book eight, Supernova, came out in 2016. Is that correct? Oh, no, no, no. Not that far back. No, uh, it actually it was released in 2018. Oh, okay. Cause the, oh, 2018. Yeah. Sorry. I read it wrong. It says copyright yeah. 2018, 2018. Still that's, that's like six that's years. That's a long time ago. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I guess the big question is what happened besides a pandemic? <laughs> like why did well, it Well, the pandemic so had a lot to do with the reason why this book is coming in at this time. I'm I did sure. not want to end the series when the world was in disarray. Oh, gotcha. and you know, I just didn't want it to be, I didn't want to make my final book tour happen during that time oh and, of course of course you know so in, in large part i actually just i just hit the brakes and okay. I, I i just did i just changed my my focus and yeah. my focus was help just help where i could yeah you know, i was actually i happened to be doing uh, emergency management research at the time too so i, I was uh, i was working with the national guard i did some like um you know i did some uh like uh, I, I did a poster for them. <laughs> oh wow! Um, I, I was uh, just volunteering all over the place uh, at as classrooms all over the all over the world. You know, uh -huh. I would just zoom zoom in, and um, I, I just I just basically didn't take an honorarium, and I was just volunteering time to just keep people sane. Yeah, I think yeah, I think there was a lot of um, uh, mental anguish, you know, that I sensed. And it was it was interesting because I had prior to the pandemic I had written I was essentially writing about a pandemic in yeah. my, in my book yeah and it was happening in my book and um and I noticed it, it like there was a parallel so I um you know decided uh, 
you know, it's time to just uh, regroup, refocus, rethink my efforts and how I'm going to go about doing this. And when uh, everything is clear, we'll just, uh, you know, we'll come out of the other side of this uh, stronger, hopefully. Yeah. And so here, here we are. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's amazing. First of all, like you've always been like, one of the things I've always been impressed with you is like your work ethic. Right. And to hear that you went out and volunteered and did like all this zoom stuff and you were like, like, yeah, you're an overachiever. Or I don't know what you call it, but like, <laughs> like you're amazing. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the thing is that I was always impressed with you when we, when we would initially meet and like, even just when we chatted about your books and stuff, I'm like, wow, like you're always on the ball. So that's amazing to hear that you did that. And then it's also amazing to hear that you had this sort of like, um, uh, like mental sort of fortitude to be able to be like, I've got to stop the book right now, you know, because a lot of people think that like, so much of their identity is tied to their creative efforts, right? Or the thing that they're putting out into the world and that you were able to God, sort of like stop that. a little bit and be like, Hey, this can wait. Uh, I've got other things that I'm going to take care of. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't, I, I mean, I, I, I was an athlete. I played, I played on teams, you know, I, uh -huh. I like team play in general, you know, and it wasn't going to, help anybody for me to try to push ahead of a line that was clogged. Gotcha. And, you know, and I, and by, by that, I mean, there was a problem with, um, getting books in stores in general and yeah. getting things and products into stores. And I, I was, I was very cognizant of the, the problems in retail. I, most of my really good friends are retailers. Yeah. So I, I knew I knew where the, the 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 problems were. I knew there were supply chain issues, um, and I didn't want to add to the trouble. Gotcha. Uh, and so my my whole focus then became, okay, well, Amulet's been around. There are eight volumes out. Yeah. Um, there's probably books out there that exist in the system that people don't know about. Uh huh. So I wanted to just you know. It, remind retailers like you know you're in distress right now i don't want to add to that Got you it. may have old books that you could sell uh to stay alive you know yeah. and and so i i really went to try to sell stock like back stock back stock and uh people thought like oh what did he do he disappeared during the pandemic but i was busy as ever i was working really hard you know just doing zoom visit after zoom visit <laughs> yeah um, trying to figure out how to do this well like getting this nice microphone and uh, figuring out how to, how to make it an appealing, you know, thing instead of like a FaceTime with your mom or something, <laughs> that, which, yeah, which yeah. are, which are lovely. I love, I love FaceTiming my mom, by the yeah. way, it's awesome. But you know, I, I didn't want it to feel just like a casual thing like that for them. I wanted to be uh, like a, there's some stage presence, you know? Yeah. So I had to learn all that stuff. I had to learn a, so I had to learn AV stuff. I had to learn about, uh, supply chain issues. Uh, how do we, you know, like how do, how do we essentially, uh, help get the system moving again. Uh, and how do we keep retailers alive while, you know, th this problem is occurring. Yeah. We had an issue during the pandemic where it was, it was like a weird issue for some retailers where demand was at its all time high, but supply was at an all time low. Yeah. And, and it has to be such a bruising thing as a retailer to watch. It's like watching like, this giant wave, like beautiful wave pass by if you're a surfer and you don't have a surfboard. Yeah. Yeah. 
or yeah. you know you're just you and you can't even swim you're yeah. just stuck watching it pass you and you feel like you're you've lost an opportunity and i i knew that that would be occurring so i i did again i didn't want to add to the traffic yeah um yeah. while that was happening understood understood yeah. i mean i want to get to a lot of like questions that i have for you um but <laughs> yeah. i mean the Let's one thing it. that we should start with is like what is amulet for like the five people that don't know like you know what i mean like let's explain oh, like what five. your series is what's that yeah yeah there's more than five that don't know uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> no uh, yeah amulet is um it's a series uh, for all ages, so anybody can read it. It's not necessarily meant for kids or for adults. It's for both. Everyone um, from their you know, grandkids to their grandparents can enjoy it at some level. Uh, it's an action-adventure story that's sort of, you know, like the... The movies we saw in the 80s you know yeah uh, like seeing shows like stranger things you know might or like us like all the spielberg and lucas movies from our past um that um that sense of fun i was trying to bring back into storytelling into comics um i was not making that kind of stuff prior to this i was much more of a I don't know, a cerebral writer, uh -huh. <laughs> um, uh, introspective, I think is the word that was often, um, uh, used for the work that I did, whether it was copper or, uh, maybe even Daisy cutter. Uh -huh. And, uh, I liked writing dark stuff in general. Um, but with amulet, um, I decided to take characters who start in a place of darkness and take them to a fun fantasy adventure. Um, of course, I think the darkest thing I had ever written has been in Amulet. Yeah, <laughs> the darkest moments uh, in my storytelling, but uh, but generally, it's a, it's quite a positive um, story about kids who learn about the you know the power of being responsible uh, for themselves and for others, and kind of lifting lifting all boats, so to speak, uh, by lifting themselves up. Yeah, and so both Emily and Navin in the Amulet series, they basically have to become um, adults faster than they anticipated yeah. when their parents are taken out of the equation and they're left to rescue their mom in, in this fantasy world. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, yeah. It's a like nutshell, a fantasy adventure sort of thing. Uh, kids like discover an other, a different world and, and there are, uh, what are the stone keepers? Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And then it's very Miyazaki yeah. meets Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, there's mechs in there. <laughs> there's a lot of, yeah. No, I mean, it's great. I mean, it is one of my like favorite series, like just like for like, if you're going to describe sort of, I mean, I don't want to say all ages because to some people that minimizes it, but all age, most all ages can read it. Right. And my daughter uh -huh. started reading it. I mean, like I said, it's been, uh, almost eight years since we've spoken. So she started at eight or nine and now she's mm -hmm. going to be 17, which is like, ha, ah, mm -hmm. you know, um, but mm -hmm. like, you know, this is one of her favorites, you know what I mean? Or was, you know, when yeah. she was reading them, you know, and, and I actually just went to her bookshelf in her room and found these like on her book. So they're still there along, <laughs> you know, right next to bone. So, you know, you're in good company and a lot of the other stuff that she's reading, you know, she's into comics, thankfully uh, dad did his job, but I mean, nice. this is a great sort of like high adventure series in my mind with a lot of like really great emotional themes and stuff. 
Um, and one of the things that always kind of impressed me and this, I didn't even go back and listen to our interviews. I just remember one of the things that we spoke about, there's kind of like a very heavy moment at the end or, or no, in the beginning of the first amulet book. And I remember mm -hmm. asking you about it and you were like, well, you know, fairy tales are heavy. Like, like children's stories are not all just like sugar and spice. There's a lot of like tragedy in there and stuff. So I remember yeah. always just being impressed with you saying that and being like, oh, yeah, he's right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, the utility of these stories is something that we often take for granted. You know, yeah. I, there's a reason why stories were told, you know, from before technology, before yeah. everything. It's the oldest technology we have is communicating with each other. And oftentimes you gotta try to relate hard truths that people may experience in their lives, and you know, read and and watch characters make choices that might be difficult for them. Yeah. So that they could learn. Um, those, you know, I, I, I'm I'm a I'm a storyteller probably because of the Coen Brothers. <laughs> oh, okay. More than anybody and any filmmaker, if I if I if I really think about it, I think it was after watching Miller's Crossing, I just thought I need to do storytelling. I need to make stories. Oh, not wow, just really? drawings. Yeah, and I remember thinking like these guys just really know how to talk about morality in a way that I had not seen too many filmmakers uh, prior to that. Uh -huh. And I wasn't familiar with a lot of the older films. So I, I would go back and, uh, and then I would go through like Kurosawa and, um, you know, Mizuguchi and, and a lot of, uh, you know, similar filmmakers on the Japanese side. And, yeah. and, and I'd realized like, wow, there's like a, like a strong tradition. And I found the Decalogue, right. I found, um, I found Kieslowski, who's one of the all-time greats in the Three Colors trilogy and the Decalogue. Oh, yeah. Um, and and uh, Amulet 1, the opening scene, is actually inspired by the opening scene from Blue okay. uh, in the, the Three Colors trilogy. Um, and, and that's not, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a, an homage. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's an homage to storytellers who wanted to talk about life with a sense of utility. Got it. And I wanted to bring that back. And um, I'm actually, I haven't talked about this all that much. You, you're, you're a good interviewer, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, just, I just like to talk. And, you know, we're, we've had conversations, you know, <laughs> off the mic and stuff about lots of different things. But, I yeah, mean, yeah. That, that is really interesting because I don't think you've ever mentioned the Miller's Crossing thing to me. Or, or if you have, I don't remember it. And that, that's, oh, it's interesting yeah. to me that something like the Coen Brothers, which you know, is not considered kind of like, you know, young reading or young watching or anything like that. I don't know that yeah, I've shown no. any Coen brothers to my daughter yet. Um, yeah. But is the thing that kind of influenced your comic art, which I could easily hand to, like I said, like my daughter was eight years old and I was like, here you go, like read, read this book. Yeah. It's really great. And she ended up loving it. Um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that, like this sort of like difference in, how you approach the story that you wanted to tell. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I always come into every situation, you know, like I'm trying to solve a bit of a puzzle, uh -huh. you know, and I want to add to what's there and not like take away from it or just 
ape whatever other people are doing. Um, and you, you probably noticed that with Daisy Cutter. When yeah. I first did Daisy Cutter, I, I came into a genre that... Great book. Uh, yeah, multiple genres, right? Steampunk and Westerns. Um, and then also uh, female heroines, right? Yeah. All three of these have their own tropes, you know, and rules. And I knew that those tropes, those those rules, or those you know uh, the, what people expect, I knew what those would be in the minds of the audience, and so I came into it going, I'm gonna I'm gonna change those expectations now. Yeah. You know, like now I I know what cards I can play, um, and I can I can I can surprise them. Cause like, there isn't really much I could do to impress anybody. I don't think I'm the best artist. I think I'm okay. I can draw well, I can write well, but one thing I can You're do is I can do yourself. all of it to, <laughs> well, but I can, I can, but it's not enough just to draw well. Sure, It's sure. not enough to just write well. You know, you have to tell a great story. And oftentimes I think a great story is one that interacts with the audience. And oh. when it's not a video game in order to interact with them, you are, you know, whether you're 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 subverting expectations or presenting them with a choice that they you know they think is compelling, oh. and so I um I did that with Daisy Cutter. I just had her uh, a character. I subverted I subverted those genres into something that was very like a, a very um like a quiet portrait of a person, you know, yeah. um and 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 made made a a, a very human story in the middle of like all this genre yeah <laughs> you know and i think it was surprising for people yeah um because of that they're like wow this is so relatable but nothing that happens would be relatable Got <laughs> and, it. and so um you know i i took that to heart when i did amulet as well i came into it going i've never really done an all ages thing uh-huh. i wasn't that wasn't really me necessarily at the time i i I, I think that I w- w- naturally geared myself towards making stories like Miller's Crossing or a like Christopher Nolan type of story, much like what was happening in comics in general, like mainstream comics. I, I would say that goes in along those lines about R-rated, PG-13 R-rated yeah. entertainment, you know, and my mind was in, in that field, really. Um, but I just thought, well, you know, kids are people too, you know, Yeah. <laughs> kids will eventually be adults. And Hey, I watched Robocop when I was eight or oh boy. <laughs> I watched, <laughs> yeah. I watched, uh, I watched aliens when it came out, you know, yeah. and I was, I was, uh, I would have been eight actually at oh, that time. Wow. Too. That's young. So that was, uh, it was 86, right? So yeah. 86, 1986, I yeah. think. Um, if that's the case, yeah. Then, um, I, I, yeah, I was, uh, I was eight years old and, Aliens blew my mind. I'm sure it, it was did. like the best thing, best thing I had ever seen. Like, yeah, I, I just couldn't believe I could see entertainment at that level. Yeah, it scared me. It uh, it excited me. The music was good. The action was good. It's also just one of the best, most perfect movies ever made. You know? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. And so I, um, oftentimes I just t- I just try to bring that energy, the kind of energy that I felt from Aliens, and I put it into these books. Like, I don't think that's something somebody would expect from a kid's comic. But I was a kid. I was eight years old when yeah. I saw both. I, I saw both, you know, Aliens and Die Hard yeah. and Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2. Oh, I was wow. a kid of the 80s. And I love these movies so much. Robocop as well. 
Um, yeah, I was obsessed with the designs in RoboCop. Yeah. To the point where you know I I became this huge fan of Ron Cobb, and years later I eventually worked with Ron Cobb. Oh wow! At a job, and and he was shocked that I knew about all his his work. Like he said that no, most people don't know what he does. He's kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. And I just told him he's the best concept artist who ever who ever lived. Really, <laughs> it was an honor to work with him and. And uh, I told him like one of my favorite things he's worked on is actually robot jocks. And he was oh, shocked. Oh, wow, robot jocks. He was absolutely shocked that somebody had seen robot jocks. <laughs> That's great. And That's the like, stop no, motion watched... thing, right? Like, Yeah. yeah. I like, I'm, man, I, I watch everything. I, I, watch all, I watch all those Stuart Gordon movies, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Trancers and Puppet Master. All oh, those. wow. I've seen, I've seen all that. I've seen all that stuff. That's and, great. And it, I, I came across Robot Jocks and I just thought, man, these designs are insanely good. Yeah. And I felt the same way when I watched The Last Starfighter. I was like, man, oh, yeah. These, the gun stars so good. Centauri's car looks so good, you know? Yeah. And of course, the DeLorean, you know, from Back to the Future. Of course. And the Converticopter from The Sixth Day. I remember thinking while I was watching The Sixth Day, I was like, man. Who designed that copter? That's insanely good. Like that's so much better than this movie. <laughs> that, yeah, I was just gonna say the sixth day is not one that sticks out. It doesn't go along no. with everything else that you mentioned no, in my but they brain. Have, they, they have one of the coolest vehicles in there. It yeah. was like you know, it was like something out of the show Mask. Oh yeah, know? yeah. Uh yeah, yeah. And, which I loved. Like Mask was oh, Mask was terrific. Yeah. Um, but uh, but then I eventually got to meet Ron Cobb and, you know, sat and worked with him um, on a project. And um, it was really like one of the highlights of my life and my career. Um, and I wanted to bring that into the Amulet, too. I wanted to make sure that I pay tribute to people like Ron Cobb and make sure that the concept art, you know, he would he would he would um, vouch for it, you know? Yeah, because sure. uh, I, I know he wanted to make sure that the fantasy looked like it could work. Yeah. And so I try to make everything functional. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, this is great because I love conversations like this, especially people who do like, you know, I don't want to define it as like kids books or all again, all ages. Like people think that that's a term that, you know, might <laughs> yeah. they might not enjoy the book. But again, Amulet is a book that everyone can enjoy. But it's it's so interesting to me that the things that you're going to are like aliens and RoboCop and stuff like stuff that no a parent wouldn't necessarily hand their child like like my daughter still has not seen the alien movies or or robocop oh, or, or or stuff like that it's stuff that i enjoyed um and that yeah. i was surprised by like i remember going in to see robocop having no idea what to expect just like oh poster looks cool i think i may be a little older than you i might have been like 12 or 13 or something when i saw it and just blowing my mind like just being like what yeah the hell is going on like right now like i can't even believe the level of violence and like the stuff that they're engaging like it was just crazy like unfiltered but the aesthetic of it was so cool like uh yeah you know, and ron cobb designed robocop and ed 209 yeah yeah you know and he you know and he designed designed the um the vehicles and aliens yeah you know including including an astromo yeah, yeah. But I mean, for I me, mean, what's, it's insane. For me, One what's guy. fascinating is that, like, we've chatted in the past, and I know Miyazaki's a big influence and, and uh, stuff yeah. like that. Um, but it's like, if you were to give me Amulet, I would not be like alien or I don't want anybody thinking like that's what's in this book. But I mean, but the themes are, are kind of there too. Like there's mature themes and yeah. themes about 
growing up and and loss and and stuff like that and responsibility like you said so it's just it's just so funny because whenever we are approach a creator's work or or deal with the creator's work a lot of times we forget that that person is human you know what i mean that that you're a fully dimensional like like even though you and i have hung out like in person like the fact that you're like, oh, I like all these things too. Like, you know what I'm saying? And you're not just like, oh, I just like Miyazaki <laughs> and I just like this, right? Like, am I making any sense? Yeah. I mean, if you want to make work like someone like Miyazaki, you'd have to look at what Miyazaki looks like, looks looks at. Yeah. You know, you, you can't look at Miyazaki's work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... ape it. It'll just look like a bad facsimile. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and so if he wanted to make Miyazaki work, you'd have to go back in history for you know, like in, into you know, in fact, just just look at his his you know his his partner in the arts, uh, Isao Takahata. You could start there, and then kind of move your way back, you know, oh. to um, to a lot of the shows that uh, Miyazaki worked on as an assistant, you know, like um, Detective Boy Conan. Yeah, um, you know, on Lupin the Third all yeah. these types of things. And, and then further back, you, you would have to go to like Hans Christian Andersen type tales, like any, anything that was like animated out of, uh, you know, the Scandinavian countries. Um, oh, yeah. You know, if you look at all those, you know, like just like Hans Christian Andersen type fairy tales, that's sort of what, you know, he's, he's looking at. And uh, Miyazaki's aesthetic is really a, a European yeah. aesthetic done in a Japanese flavor, yeah. you know? Um, and it's such a, it's such a cool mix. And, you know, it, it was the same with Kurosawa and John Ford and like Kurosawa is basically chasing John Ford and then people like George Lucas were chasing Kurosawa, yeah. you know, and it just kind of goes back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. Um, and if you know the history of that stuff, you would know what to research. Sure. And so I'm always looking for the, I'm always looking for the the, um, um, the more raw material, you know, the the what what came before. Got it. Um, and, and and so when I went to do Amulet, I, I had to make sure that it wasn't derivative of anything else that was in this field. Yeah. And I just figured, well, if I'm taking Christoph Kieslowski's Three Colors trilogy and the Decalogue in here with me, <laughs> I'll bet. I'm the only one who thought to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've never nobody's mentioned that trilogy in in almost the 500 episodes that I've done. This is the first time anybody's met, mentioned the colors to the three colors trilogy, which is great. I love it. Yeah, you know, and and so I was also doing an interview recently. Uh, was it this morning or yesterday? Um, and uh, I, I realized one of the big inspirations for Amulet was actually Captain EO. Oh, really? The Michael Jackson thing? Yeah. The Michael Jackson thing. So Francis Ford Coppola has a huge hand in um, uh, inspiring Amulet with both um, Captain EO and The Godfather. Oh, wow. <laughs> because the Godfather, the Godfather is actually one of the few instances I can think of of a, a very compelling, long, like an epic story of about an American family. Yeah. There, there just isn't that many family stories in our culture, which I think is a terrible thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we need to have more family stories. They're almost always about broken families. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And while The Godfather 
it is about a criminal syndicate. Yeah, I was going to say. It is, yeah. technically, it is technically a story about multi-generational Americans over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like how they get here, how they survive, how yeah. they kind of work together. Yeah. And, you know, how they knock each other off. I don't know. Yeah. But, and, well, and it, also intertwined with the history of the United States, right? Like, how yeah. did this all, yeah. the immigrant yeah. experience I mean, and all that. The ma- yeah. Like, the Italian mafia has, a, like, a big hand in, like, how things were created here, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's telling, it's telling these these stories. So, yeah. And and something about that is is very authentic, and it's I, I think it's very compelling to people, you know, because they like to hear stories about their story, yeah, the, the American story, yeah. And so I wanted to make an, a story um, that was a multi generational American story, which is what Amulet is. Um, and on top of that, Captain EO, which is also directed by Francis Ford Coppola, uh, was was kind of a, a big touchstone for me because it was one of my favorite theatrical experiences as a kid yeah that i always i watched captain neo more times than most movies i think really because, you know, it's just you thought of it as a ride and you wanted to keep going back god i've never it was seen so, it it was so compelling you've never seen it it's no great. i never got um, the chance yeah so just michael jackson goes to this like uh this toxic planet full of like all this machine junk and everything like that and with the power of music and dance he, uh, he, 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 he saves the planet. <laughs> it's <laughs> this very is simple. great. I love that we went from like aliens and RoboCop to the power of music and dance, saving the planet. Like that's amazing. Oh, it's all related. You know, I yeah. mean, Captain EO is made by the same people who would make those other movies and everything. And it's, um, and it's of the same quality too. You know, it's really fantastic. And, and, and so Amulet is sort of like the Godfather and Captain EO, in that, yeah, in in that, um, you know, with with Amulet, you have this this young this young girl who goes to another, like from Earth, goes to another planet and yeah. sort of brightens them, brightens up that that world, that 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 uh, that other galaxy, <laughs> that other solar system, anyway. Sure. Um, with with her uh, love for her family, right? Got it. Like, and, and that's and that's what's going to it's, it's her drive to keep her family together that brings their um their solar system together and it was a, it was always the intention to write a story like that that's cool um so you know I, I have a lot of um filmmaking heroes in that regard yeah 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 no i mean it's again it's just fascinating to me like all the influences that come to make this book and that you know i look at your book and i think the book is great and everything but i was like i would never think of like like Miyazaki, yeah, we've spoken about that, and like Astro Boy, yeah. yeah, and stuff like that. But just like the Cohen brothers, like what? Like, but I get it. Like oh, as as I think yeah. about your book, like there's all this stuff in there. Uh, like yeah, that's that's so amazing to me. Like all the influences and how varied they are. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times you'll talk to creators and it's it's kind of like just this or just this. But again. You're a very interesting guy because it's like all the different things that you like <laughs> and how they all kind of like interweave and stuff like that. Um, there's a couple of questions I wanted to ask you to go back. Um, are okay. you still doing everything in pencil, like drawing in pencil, like no inking? Uh, for Amulet, yes. Wow. Yeah, I am. That's uh, great. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I've been inking this other project recently. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I can't, I, don't have, I have no information on that 
okay <laughs> project but i i i liked I, I like inking everyone seems to like it when i do ink but um uh you know it just takes too much time yeah yeah you know it's the unfortunate thing it's hard on my hands and uh it takes a lot of time it looks better i think but um i made uh, i made this this the decision to move to pencil early on uh, to make sure that i could focus on the story yeah uh and and do the best i can with the drawings and yeah. just make it essentially passable so that you know it doesn't look like it's unprofessional yeah you know? so no, i had to get it just good enough i i honestly was really trying not to make it look too good uh partly because i i always hated seeing comics that had covers that were way better than the interior oh yeah 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 and so i wanted to make sure that with amulet you always got what you thought you were going to get or better Wow. Uh, you open the you open the book and it's just as, it looks just as good as the cover. Yeah. And uh, and hopefully the story will take you from there. You know. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. As a kid, I it always bummed me out. I felt like somebody me ripped me off when I got an awesome cover and the interior just wasn't the same. Wasn't the same. Artist. You know, it might be good, but it just wasn't the level. You know, of yeah. what the cover was showing me. Yeah. It's, which is why I liked uh, what um like the image guys were doing because their interiors were just as good. Yeah. Um. You know, with it, when it was Jim Lee or Tom McFarlane, uh, Rob Liefeld, he was really they was they were, they were really good at uh -huh. giving you what you thought you you were getting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah they they sold the the front cover was pretty much yeah gave you an idea of what was going to be inside. But uh, right. it, it's so funny because I remember us talking a long time ago and me being interested in starting my own comic, which I did, but you know, it was a hobby in my, in my thing. And I remember you being like, just do it in pencil and me being stubborn and being like, no, I want to ink it. I want to color it. I should have listened to you, man. <laughs> like I should have <laughs> listened to you because it's like, I just feel like now it's like, I'm determined to like, of course now it's all digital inking that, you know, I do on, in my spare time. But like, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I was just like, I was thinking about when we were going to chat and I was like, yeah, I got to tell Kazu that he, he was totally right, like about just doing it in pencil and then just jumping into digital coloring. Yeah, like I said, uh, uh, the inking looks looks great, you know. I, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if I told you this before, but I was offered work at, to to work as an inker at uh, um, at uh, Extreme. No. <laughs> Back when I was a teenager in high school. Oh, really? Yeah, it was it was in passing. I don't know if it was a serious offer, but. Um, I went to extreme and the guys were so nice, you know, the, 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 the crew there. Uh, but the, the nicest guy of all was, uh, the person who said like, you know, who would tell me, you know, Oh man, this is so great. Like you, 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 you we should get you to do some background inking to start out here. And he was going to offer me a spot to do some stuff like that. But I never even called him back. Cause I, I, I decided I'm not going to do comics oh, <laughs> at no. that point. Well, yeah. Um, look how that had nothing out. to do with them though. Yeah, yeah, but he, you know, he he ended up so that that artist um, would go on to be the head of Marvel's uh, concept art. Oh, all wow. of it, all the art. Yeah, it's Andy, it's Andy Park. Oh wow, yeah. that's amazing. That's great. Yeah, and uh, and he uh, he was so kind and uh, very generous. All the guys were really good and kind uh, at Extreme. Sure. Um, Rob Liefeld hired hired a really friendly group of dudes. Oh, and. Um, but, but yeah, I looked at like Danny Mickey's inks and stuff and I just thought that's insane. Like, I, I don't know if I could keep up with Danny, um, in terms of like his, um, accuracy yeah. <laughs> uh, like, over, over other people's pencils. But at the same time, I just didn't think that's where a general audience would pay their, 
you know, put their attention. Oh, oh. Uh, th- it wasn't the cross hatching. It wasn't, it wasn't the line quality, not, not the way we would as artists. Mm. It, they just want to read a story. Yeah. And they just want decent art. Yeah. It doesn't that, have to be a certain type of art. It just had to be decent. That's so interesting because one of the things that I have, I've had conversations with, uh, with other artists that I meet at conventions and stuff when I do conventions or visit conventions or just chat with people on this podcast is like mm-hmm. a lot of it is like getting the art done and making it look good. But a lot of the time it feels like creators are sort of like making art to impress other creators and not just the general audience. Like what is good enough to make some, you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, we sort of like, yeah, get, no, I know I, I get, get my it. way. Yeah. I totally get it. I yeah. mean, that's what I was doing when I was in high school. Yeah. I wasn't drawing for other people. I was drawing for my friend, Josh, who yeah. I was drawing with, you yeah. know? And we would just draw just to like impress each other or like to entertain each other. Really, yeah. In our, in our case. And that's a really great way to start. Yeah. But when you're surrounded by people who do only what you do, you can get some tunnel vision. Yeah. Uh, about who the product is actually meant for. Yeah. And I felt that that's what was happening in the industry. I thought like they were getting tunnel vision when gotcha. I was, I was in high school and I saw that and I, and so I, I actually told my parents and everybody, all my friends, I told them like, I'm going to quit comics. Wow. <laughs> you school. knew that in high school. Holy cow. Yeah. I said, I'm quitting comics. I, everyone thought I was going to be this, like the next Joe mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like as I, at the time I was drawing like Stephen Platt and I was inking like him and everything. And, um, you know, I, I, I and, and I was already getting offered work. Right. Yeah. And so, um, everyone thought I was going to do that. And then I just told everyone I stopped drawing completely. And it, it kind of flummoxed, I think, a lot of people. But what they didn't know was that I was always going to draw, and I didn't think I was, I, I didn't need to get any better at the time, um, you know, as an artist. I did need to get better as a storyteller if I ever meant to make a whole product myself. Got it. Yeah, I wasn't a writer yet. I was, I had just started writing in high school. Yeah. I had, I had done some serious comic work since I was, in middle school, I started really hard, like practicing really hard Yeah. in middle school. Like I had drawn before that, but in middle school, my friend John Parr was the one who introduced me to the crow quill, like showed me like how to like do everything the Marvel way. He would, he gave me the, the VHS tapes with <laughs> Stan oh, wow. Lee and I would watch those and learn from, from the masters or, you know, whatever I could. And, um, um, but by the time, but when I was in high school, I knew that I was just behind on the writing and not so much on the art. So I just, uh, I, I put the art away and yeah. I went to school for, uh, screenwriting and okay. just started writing and writing and writing and wrote a lot in high school and college. And, uh, now that's, that's, that's how I got here. Wow. That's, I mean, that's really impressive. And so when you're talking about inking now, are you talking, you're talking about traditional inking or are you digital inking? Like, yeah, that was, so now I, I, um, well, right now I have a project that's just a standalone project that yeah. I'm actually inking with, um, uh, with a, with a, what is that? A G pen? Is that what they call it? Oh, wow. <laughs> like it's like the new, uh, yeah, I'm using a Tachikawa G pen with, uh, uh, you know, just like the leader ink and everything. I'm doing oh. a manga style Wow. <laughs> just to see what it would look like. And, um, um, my agent is so blown away by it. She, she's, I think it's like the, the first time I've, I've heard her like 
like just gush over my artwork. Oh, really? <laughs> but but I had to remind her that this hurts my hand. I can't do this all the time. Yeah. And there's a, there's a reason why I don't do this for my stories. Yeah. But I will do it for standalone pieces like the one I'm working on here gotcha. uh, where I don't have to draw too many times. Uh, but um, but yeah, I don't uh, I don't typically use ink uh, because, uh, you know, there's there's actually two reasons. It, you know, one, it's it's hard on the hand. Yeah. Uh, but number two, I actually like the aesthetic for storytelling because it feels like everything's in motion. When you and use ink. it's not when I use pencil, when you use pencil, got it. Got when it, got I, it. when I scan, when I scan graphite into, uh, into the, um, the scanner, um, I actually, I, I don't know if other people were doing it at the time, but I felt like I was one of the first around to do the scanned pencil line sure. comic, you know? Yeah. Um, and I actually just pulled that from Ubi Iwerks, um, you oh. know, who was uh, Disney's assistant back in, the very beginning. The guy um, that co-created Mickey Oop. Mouse and all that. That's and, right. Yeah. 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 And Oswald uh, so the rabbit. U- yeah. yeah. So Ubi Iwerks um, created the progr- uh, process of xerography, which was to pencil. Um, they would pencil, take the pencil drawings yeah. and just uh, and take them through the Xerox machine. And that would be the inked line Got in it. order to preserve the line quality of the hand drawn drawing yeah you know and so then you get that sort of hairy look that you get um in 101 dalmatians yeah or robin or robin hood uh or jungle oliver book? and company which i believe is the last one in jungle book as well uh-huh. um and so um i i don't like the final product when it's animated oh really <laughs> but if you but but if you look at the still drawing they are beautiful yeah. So I understood why they did it, but it, but it's going back to what you were saying, where it's like an insider thing. Yeah. They were in their bubble, going, "Oh man, look how good that looks. That looks beautiful. Look, you could see the sketchy, like human line drawing, you know." Yeah. But when you animate it, it looks like everyone's hairy. Yeah. Because there's just so many lines, it just looks like there's lines coming off of them. You yeah. Know? I actually kind of like it, but yeah, I yeah, I think it looks good, but I think yeah. it 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 breaks the illusion for some people. I get you know, it, like kids. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you that know. makes sense. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, but I always thought that the in, in the original, just the drawings themselves look beautiful. Yeah. So I just thought, well, comics are not animated. Yeah. So why don't I just take that, you know, take that. Um, um, that aesthetic and, yeah. and and make it a comic and uh, it would also save my hand and save me time yeah so oh wow any any anything you could do to save time is uh, is probably good if you're writing and drawing a comic yeah yeah i got stuck on i want to ink it i want to draw it i want to letter it i want to do everything by myself and there you go 10 years later i have like one little issue and <laughs> you know, it's my my like little hobby, an issue and a half at this point. But I'm just like like I think that that's great. Like, and that was the thing that I was thinking the other day. It's like I gotta tell Kazu he's right. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, are you still using Photoshop, or have you jumped to another yeah, absolutely. program for for coloring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Photoshop. Yeah, no, I I've I've stuck with uh, Adobe Photoshop. Oh really? So you didn't jump to Clip Studio or anything else? All the new stuff that's no. like. No, I don't draw. I don't draw in the program. Yeah, and I don't. I don't like it when the computer assists me when I draw too. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. So, 
um, you know, I understand it's something that people, people really like ab about clip studio art, but yeah. Um, yeah, I played around with it. Uh, honestly, I just, I, I just don't, I just, I just don't want to do refined detailed work on the computer. It, it, it gives me a headache. Okay. Gotcha. And so, you know, it's another speed thing and, you know, health thing. Oh. Uh, I try to do as much off of the screen as possible. I actually don't use Cintiqs either. Oh, really? I, because... I used to have like a studio full of them, like six or seven of them. Yeah, and, I remember that. Uh, I actually just, um, I just retired them all. Really? So yeah. So I you... so Amy and I, we only use tablets. We just use we use a Wacom, but we use a Wacom tablet. Oh, just, so you mean the thing just that's the Intuos flat on the on the table on the, and, on the desk yeah and that doesn't hurt your arm or anything or your neck or anything no or no like... no 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 oh interesting because i i know i found in my work i use that stuff daily and when it's flat on the table i find it's more mm -hmm. like on my shoulder and neck it's a little you know uh yeah taxing. but i'm looking at the screen that's looking i'm looking up so yeah. it's like playing video games and you know the tablet is just sitting below the screen oh, so that's I, interesting. I just i have it away from uh, away from me anyway wow and are you still doing the i remember we had a chat when, in our last interview it's so funny because there's a lot of like really specific things where i was like really kazu really where i was like blown away <laughs> are you still coloring like you told me that you did everything in one layer where it was like i, oh, I don't no, that do was, multiple uh... layers um, well, I try to do as few layers as possible, yeah. but it's hard to do with comics. Um, but yeah. with, I don't know if uh, when we last talked, it was uh, maybe around the time I did Harry Potter, but the Harry Potter covers, those were all one layer files. Wow. Like That's the only mean. layers that are on there are the, um, the logo stuff and treatment yeah. and everything like that. And, and in the case, maybe there's like a couple of pieces that I would, I would float, but the, the issue, I mean, people will go, wow, that's amazing. But the, the, the thing is it actually makes it easier. Okay. <laughs> because then, because you don't have to, you don't have to do math while you're doing the painting. I just wanted to focus on painting. I figure if I just made it all one layer, then it'll look like I'm actually painting it. Yeah. So when you look at the Harry Potter covers, it looks like someone did paint it because it's like the person had to consider every object that was painted on there Got and they're not like, they're not like, um, it's not like a collage sure. of digital files on top of each other, you know? Understood. Uh, and, and it has a look, yeah. a very specific look when you, when you break them up into layers. So it was entirely intentional to get the end result. Yeah. Um, the, the aesthetic of the, the final, I'm just not, I'm just not an oil painter and that's, I would have had to paint those in oil. Got and it. I'm working with a I'm working with a client, so it's not like what I want; it's what they want, what they want. you know, ultimately. So, uh, you know, I didn't want to I didn't want to put myself in a position where I'd have to redo oil paintings. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not a good position. My daughter's into oil painting, and it looks hard. Yeah. <laughs> but I am... you know, I have to give a lot of credit though to my friends uh, Chris Applehans and uh, especially my friend Kang Lee. Mm -hmm. because they showed me how it was important to be confident with your, with your, with your paint strokes on a, on a piece that, you know, you, you're going to lose something when you, when you, you'll gain something, but you got to lose something. Yeah. And, and so there's like sacrifice made with each of the, uh, with each of the, uh, the pen strokes, you know? Yeah. Um, and so they did a lot of work on, um, 
you know, movies like Jack the Giant Slayer and uh, Mo- Monster House and all that stuff. They, when they, they worked on that together, I, I saw that they had um, worked on flat files too, just, just single, single, single layers. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, and it looked great. I, I love it. And they, they even worked on like super small files because they were working on like the first generation MacBook Airs or something that could hardly handle anything. <laughs> Wow! Uh, and uh, when the directors would ask for a blown up, like we need a high res version of this, like about like you know size of this wall, yeah. And so they just up they just upscaled it and Photoshop cleaned it up a little bit and said, "Here's the large file." Oh wow! <laughs> you know the original files were these little JPEGs. That's crazy! Really? Yeah. Oh wow! That's crazy! Yeah. Same. So and so I remembered that when I was working on the first Harry Potter cover on the Sorcerer's Stone, I um accidentally saved over uh i was like 70 versions in and i and i realized back at versions 50 or something that i had flattened the file and turned it into a small jpeg (laughs) and that i was painting i was painting the whole cover at the jpeg level no way and and i was like oh no (laughs) (laughs) that's terrible oh no so so i just remembered chris and kang and i just said you know what i don't think anyone's gonna notice so i just upscaled it um i I think it was uh only harry and hagrid's parts that i was like i had already i had like painted more of Okay. So I, um, or, or no, what was it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, that's what I, so I actually took the small JPEG versions of Harry and Haggard and I had to upscale them. And I just, um, I just did tiny little, um, bits of detail work, uh, just to bring it back into focus a little bit. But what, um, but what ended up happening was that it gave me a chance to, um, to, to focus the eye on certain parts like their face their facial features and so i focused on those only and and in the end what you end up having is essentially a digital version of like a john singer sergeant style oh, <laughs> illustration nice. okay so yeah it actually worked out well okay cool yeah it was actually a happy accident <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, I know we're coming up on an hour and I could talk to you forever. Oh, okay. I don't want to yeah, keep yeah, you yeah. I don't want to keep you too long cuz I know you've got a family and you've got a full schedule and stuff and you're going to be traveling and stuff. But I mean, one of the things yes. I did want to ask you about was cuz it has been 8 years since we chatted and like almost yeah. like you were last episode you did with me was 150 and now I'm getting up to 500, which is crazy. Oh, wow. But yeah. Um so the the th- what is your view on comics? Like the way things have changed? Because I mean, one of the things that's always impressed me, I mean, you have a publisher, like these books are coming out in bookstores are going to be in comic shops. Like you're kind of a different animal than a lot of the people that I either chat with or run into because everyone's doing like Kickstarter has taken like a huge thing, like crowdsourcing and stuff like that. And you know, the comics market has gone through fluctuations. Like it always does. I mean, if you have time, like what, what, what is your view on how things are going or how things have changed? Because you don't seem to be necessarily or have ever necessarily been dependent, you know, like on crowdsourcing or, you know, the generosity of strangers. Like you're, you're the sort of creator, I think, that a lot of people aspire to be like, you know, as far as like where your books are appearing and how many are getting released and you understand what I'm saying? So like, what are some of your thoughts on how things have changed 
uh, over, you know, the eight years that I've chatted with you, that I haven't chatted with you, actually? It's a big yeah, question. I think, yeah, yeah, it is a big question. Um, yeah, when, when I find myself making any kind of generalization about industry or anything like that, it's usually because I'm, I'm just not focused on what I should be focused on, which is my work. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, there, there's, you can only control what you can control, Yeah. you know? Um, so I don't try to prognosticate where things are going or where they're, they've been, you know, comics have been around since, uh, before written languages. In fact, written language is essentially a cartoon. Yeah. You know, so it was around then it'll be around after us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, people often ask me like, are you worried? Like people aren't going to read comics anymore. I go, well, when I started, nobody was reading comics really. <laughs> <laughs> that so, is true. So I, I don't know. I can't be any worse than when I started. Uh, I think it's just going to fluctuate up and down and there are going to be growing pains when people have to learn how to move forward, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I think that, um, you know, we're going through a lot of that right now. Um, it's some, there's some turmoil, but at the same time, I feel like graphic novels are some of the most popular books in a bookstore. Yeah. Um, you know, most booksellers will attest to that. So that's, you know, that's, that's a, that's a plus. Um, that's, that means there's an opportunity for people to, uh, to, to fill a need, uh, which is to create content for readers. Uh, um, I, I don't think that we've, um, we've done enough to train people into those roles Yeah, uh, that, that is a commentary I'll make. Um, and so we're kind of, you know, dealing with that. Like I, I'm, I, I get, I get that because like, you know, like people like Amy and me, we've been doing this for most of our lives. Yeah. Um, and it's taken that time, all that time to get to this point and be able to do it like this you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't just happen in a vacuum. It just, but, but somebody who's like 10 years old would have to know that there's potential, potentially a place where they could do the thing they're going to do for the next 30 years yeah. and then be ready to go like in 20 years or so, uh -huh. um, you know, when they're 30, like, are they going to be ready to, to, to be able to, to work? Was there some, some kind of process in place where they would get be ready for that. Yeah. I, I, I don't see a lot of that, um, happening. So, you know, m maybe they're out there. I don't know that I see a lot of people ready to make the graphic novels that the audience demands right now. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I just don't see the, the artists and the writers prepared for the demands of an audience that doesn't care about the things that we toil with in a general and on a day-to-day, -day, you know, like, uh, -huh. uh, you know, I, I, I work to serve people who don't care about comics necessarily, you know, they yeah. have other things to think about in the day. They got their jobs, they got their kids to raise the kids themselves. They got homework to do. They got all sorts of stuff and they have all this other, you know, high end content coming at them Yeah. from all sorts of different media. Why would they choose your comic book over yeah. those things? Yeah. You know, um, in order to be able to create those books, the, the type of book that they would choose over other spectacular media, um, you, you probably have to have been at this for a long, long time um, to make something that unique. 
So, you know, I, I hope that young people are seeing books like Dogman or Amulet um, or Rima, you know, the Rima Chronicles, and seeing that there is, um, you know, there, there, there is a path. Uh, and so, you know, maybe the, the, there is a next generation of really, really great graphic novelists sure. coming up. But um, at the moment, I, 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 I just feel like we're not, we're not pulling up the, um, pulling the talent up, helping them out, you know, like in the same way that like uh, in professional sports, there's, there's a uh, scouting, there's drafting, there's, there's, oh, there's a uh, conditioning and training and, there, you know, there, there's, there's, a, there's a system in place for so many different types of different coaches and different types of people to, to level up young uh, talent because they all believe at the end they're going to end up at the end of the rainbow with this giant pot of gold. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And they and they they go after it, but um, I think only recently have people thought of um, there being any kind of a rainbow or any kind of pot of gold. Uh, in the comics world. So it's going to be kind of a delayed reaction when we see a generation of super talented graphic novelists show up. Okay. It's going to take some more years. So, uh, but it'll be there. I don't doubt that. Um, And I don't have any, uh, I mean, like, like you were saying, we've been here when it was just like, everything's on fire and there's nothing but just like, just flat ground. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And everyone's like, yeah, if you want to, stake in any of this go ahead like good luck to you yeah that's, that's basically everyone's reaction to me when i quit animation to do this you know yeah um they were just like are you crazy you're, you're leaving a disney movie to do a comic book for nobody yeah <laughs> and i was like yeah i just think uh, i'd rather just learn to tell stories better so my focus back then and it would be now is to focus on the process whatever gets you to the process by which you think you're going to achieve the things you're going to achieve, do that Mm. and not worry about the outcome. The outcome, you know, could be a pleasant surprise and, and, you know, and, and and your, your faith will be rewarded if, you know, if, um, if you were correct about, um, about your process. And so what, what I do is, is do that all the time. I just go, you know what, this is going to be a good book. I think people would really like reading it. I don't care what people think about it right now. I'm just going to go into it. I'm going to do the thing and I'm going to do it in an achievable manner. That's not going to, you know, hurt me basically while I process it. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to do it in a way that I can achieve it and then I'm going to achieve it and then I'll see what comes next. And, and, and that's what I do every time. Um, you know, I don't think about expectations. I don't, you know, it's always just like, can I, can I achieve that process? And, uh, if I think I can, I'll go ahead and go ahead and start and, and just be surprised, pleasantly surprised by the the whole thing. Sure. And it's amulet in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the other thing that always used to impress me about you is just, uh, the lack of neurosis, I guess, because like, I, I, you know, you seem to be very like stable and have your act together and know exactly like what you want and where you're going to go and how you're going to do it. Uh, you know, you may be like, Oh, I fooled Christian or whatever. Like, you know, but, <laughs> but I mean, in all honesty, uh, you know, I've always just been impressed with your like, okay, this is what I'm going to do and stuff like that. As opposed to myself, who is a creature of like self doubt and, <laughs> you know, and, and like, am I doing this right? Should That's I do fine. this? Why yeah. am I doing this? You know, all that stuff. 
So, I mean, that's one of the things that I've always just been, you know, consistently impressed with since we met, which is just like this guy knows what he wants to do and like has his eye on the ball and has just really got it together and puts out like really solid products. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, just congratulations on all of that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I have, I have tons of doubts too, you know, Okay. But it's really only only Amy gets to hear. Most oh, of it. share it with me sometimes. You It'll know. make me feel oh, yeah. better okay, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> about myself. Um, no, no I, I, I'm I'm a human being, you know. Yeah. And uh, like Amy it. and I talk about you know our worries about how the industry's off and going and stuff too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now, if we're gonna talk about something that's like prescient, you know, I, I just think that one thing that comic artists can do a better job of is uh, customer service okay and and not blame their audience for either not liking their work or liking it too much or whatever it is you know? sure I, I see a lot of that i see a lot of people go like oh man they're trying to cancel my book or they're doing this and stuff and i go well it's the customer's right to decide what they want to do with your book really sure um you just gotta you can control what you can control yeah. don't control the customer don't push them around. Yeah. That's, uh, that's just means you've already lost and you're just trying to lose even more. You yeah. know, that's, that's a way to lose more business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think people should, uh, listen yeah. to the complaints. They should listen to what people don't like about yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. You know, and, um, and I, I would hope that, uh, I, I can inspire people to do that a little more because I'm always listening to my audience. I, I don't listen to critics at okay. all. I mean, if they, um, you know, if they give me some nice critical reviews, that's great. I do appreciate that. It's, it's, it, it is helpful, especially if you're starting out. Yeah. But I, I think I'm just in a place where I, 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 I got to think about the audience first and, and what's best for the audience. Even if people in the critical world don't like it, I, yeah. I will, I will go for the, you know, the, I, I will, I will make the book that the, the audience could use. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and, and that's, and that's more important to me. So I, I just, I just know my, that's, that's not necessarily anybody else's path. It's mine. That's yeah. Not, I know my path. Yeah. Uh, and I just sort of stick to that and it's worked out fine for me. So I just stick, stick with it. And I would recommend anybody else to do the same, stick with their process, you know? Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. That's, That's cool. It. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't, uh, I, I think one thing, if you rely too much on outcomes, then you are going to be in a bad place. Yeah. Because you're constantly, um, you know, you're constantly reacting. So you're out of control. Now you've put all the control in your surroundings. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think about it in terms of baseball as a baseball player. I, I love playing baseball. Um, and when you're fielding a ball, you know, you don't want to get on your heels. You don't want to start falling on your heels. You're going to fall down and you're going to mess up the play. Yeah. When you see the ball go a certain direction, you got to get on your toes and you got to react and go to it. Yeah. You, you got to go towards the action that you've already planned in your mind. Even if the ball's not coming to you, you know, you should know where you got to be. And then you just, proactively make that action happen and you will probably uh you know you will probably react to the whole situation with great success yeah but if you fall back on your heels 
you're playing right into the hands of the batter and the, the offense and you're going to get hurt. You're going to lose the play. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that can happen to you in comics or any field. Yeah. Is if you just react to everybody all the time, then you will lose yourself. Got it. In the reactions. Yeah. And I think that's what social media does to a lot of people. They get stuck on the reactions and yes, which is um, why I'm and, not and, on it as much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you know that about yourself, it's good to stay off of it. Yeah. Uh, but if you can control, if you, if you, if you can manage it, then, um, then it's, it's not, it's not a bad place to be to communicate with people. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. That is true. So, I mean, and it's amulet. I mean, book eight is supernova. What's the sub like uh heading for this one? And amulet nine is called wave rider. Nice, nice. And it is the final book in the Amulet series. I mean, congratulations on just finishing it. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels, uh, feels good, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't even I don't even know what to think of it, honestly. I, oh, so I, you I, haven't I had that moment yet of like, it's done or like, I'm well, finished. Well, no, I, I kind of had that. I, I kind of didn't like it, you know, the feeling. Uh -huh. So I just, you know, I, I, I wasn't working for a little while on anything, just like, Everyone told me like, oh, relax. Don't worry about anything. Yeah. And uh, um, I, I don't think I'm in a good place when I do that. <laughs> I think gotcha. it's better if I just have, have a plan and I'm like, okay, I'm going to start working on something. Um, but um, yeah, it was just, uh, I mean, it was nice to just relax for just a little bit. Got it. But, uh, but I started working on my next series already um, and started wow. working on uh, um I've been doing a lot of work on a, a book that I'm doing in between. Yeah. So, um, um, and you know, doing, doing tour events and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I don't, I don't think it's ever, anything is ever really done. Sure. Cause there's even like, there's even the idea that it could be movies, you know, and yeah, those yeah. aren't done. So is what's that going to feel like? But I got a feeling it's going to be the same. It's just going to be like, whatever, you know, it's, that's the next step, you know, yeah. just, but again, I'm, I'm more process based. So I just want to just make sure that the day-to-day -day work on everything is good. Yeah. That life is good. That's great. So stay healthy. And I hope people around me are healthy and happy. Um, you know, that, 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 that to me is more important. That's family great. and friends, you know, doing well. Um, you know, and, and, the, and the, the, the people that the books serve, I hope that they're doing well. Yeah. Uh, if that's good, then, then I feel content. That's great. I mean, that's great advice. And uh, again, I mean, I love these books, Amulet. Uh, I think you're a great guy. I've thought you were great since we first like chatted <laughs> and met and started hanging out. So yeah, hey, I just appreciate you taking the time. being there all these years. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you going to do any more Daisy Cutter at some point? Uh, yeah, uh -oh. probably. Did I yeah, just step on whatever you're working on? <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. It's not, uh, it's not what I'm working on now, but uh, I, I, it's, it's always been percolating and it's not done. There's a trilogy and I have the stories. So oh, I, oh, okay. I feel like I, I just haven't uh, been able to find the time. Well, you know, honestly, this is a, that's, this is kind of related to the whole question about the industry that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it's quite time yet for, graphic novels to to go back to the adult graphic novels you know like the young adult to adult graphic novels we're still in a pretty early phase of rebuilding this whole thing 
Huh. And I think it's really critical for an all ages for all ages books to be out there gotcha. at this time. And that was why I decided to do Amulet when Bone was coming to an end. Yeah. And um, you know, it was I felt like I was helping to fill a bit of a vacuum. Yeah. And so um, you know, uh Daisy Cutter is is my is, it's like Hellboy or <laughs> you know, it's my it's my more grown up story, right? Sure. Um so I don't know. I um I think it's I ready have, for it, a... Kazu. I think it's ready. I'm ready for it. I want more of it. <laughs> okay, well, I got to find some time. Just, I got to figure just be out like, how to do it. That's what Christian wants. I should do that. <laughs> there you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> but the, the next two books are good. I, I think I think a trilogy I'm is sure. uh, it's, it's it would feel very good to read all three. Yeah, I I I can't wait and I can't wait for the next book of Amulet. I'm going to pick it up right away. Amulet book 9. <laughs> um Kazu Kibuishi. I got it right? Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. See, I always just get nervous with last <laughs> names. But Kazu, thank you so much for joining. Where can people yeah, find you welcome. online? Like, what's the best way to, like, are you still on the Twix uh, like everyone else? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on Twitter or X. Twix. Uh, <laughs> Twix. I'm on Twix. Yeah. Um, at, uh, at Bolt City. Yeah. And that's also my Instagram as well. Nice. Uh, so you can see me on both of those. And uh, our website is boltcityproductions.com. And I say R because... Uh, Amy's work is on there too. That's right. Uh, so we're we are a mom and pop shop. Yeah, and um, she did and a book see, too, uh, right? Yes, yeah, and people should read it, especially if they are looking for something to read after they finished Amulet Nine Wave Rider. They should really pick up the first volume of the Rima Chronicles. Okay. Um, Realm of the Blue Mist. Oh, the if she ever volume. wants to chat, send her my way. I would love to chat with her. Yeah, send me an email about it, and uh, we'll get her on here. Absolutely. Yeah, she, her, yeah, her, her, her second book is so good. Oh, um, cool. I, yeah. It, the, anyway, the the the, the Rima Chronicles is the best graphic novel going right now, so people should read <laughs> That's that. Awesome. And I, I know I'm married. To the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it really is. It really, it truly is the best um, graphic novel out there it's the most literary fantasy graphic novel and and it's also it's it's so accessible okay and and not not so many fantasies of its type you know and i'm thinking of books like howl's moving castle um or um uh, you know howl's moving castle by diana Wynne jones or uh the golden compass by philip pullman um you know they're they're those both have a very emotional and cerebral literary quality to them and their their modern fantasies uh amy's is like that too except hers is like even more accessible so i i would highly recommend um uh checking out the rima chronicles that's great i can't talk it up enough well i will recommend it as well even though i haven't read it but you giving it the (laughs) gold you know seal of quality is good enough for me um amulet book nine uh, by the time this interview goes up, it will already be out in stores. Please go check it out and buy it if you haven't already. I mean, I can't imagine people are waiting for this with bated breath. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure the world is just like, ah, I can't wait. So, I mean, Kazu, Kazu <laughs> yeah, Kubuishi, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I mean, you've yeah, always been so generous. You. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you've been here all these years, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm just going to say my name is Christian Horn. Uh, this has been another episode of the Part-Time Fanboy Podcast. Uh, you can check us out at parttimefanboy.com. Our email is ptf at parttimefanboy.com. We're still on Facebook. We are still on Instagram. We are no longer on the hellscape that is Twix. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Please pick up Amulet Book 9 when it comes out. You don't need me to tell you. I mean, this this is a great book. If you're listening to this podcast, you already know Kazu's work probably. But uh, thank you so much, Kazu. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for listening. And we will be back soon with another episode. Bye. Part-time fanboy.